This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, a Paramount Sports podcast. I am Mike Casaza. Going to the bullpen, calling in Chris Anderson for an emergency baseball podcast here. Chris, the morning of July 17th, we have another coaching change at West Virginia. The morning of July 17th. We have the resolution of a coaching change at West Virginia. I love it. Just that it's tidy. I hate to say it because Randy Maisie announcing plans to resign, not immediately. And then longtime assistant coach Steve Sabins will take over. And that's it. No drama, no coaching searches, no hot boards, nothing. Um, a long runway into retirement and a pretty tidy succession plan. Do I just press publish now or should we talk about this? Because this seems like it is finished, but also it seems like it is worth discussing for many reasons. I just want to clarify something, Mike, before we wrap this up and hit publish. Um, are you saying that Randy Maisie is resigning with the intent to retire? Or too soon for that term to be utilized again? Let me get with my attorneys, well, multiple attorneys, but um, I would say uh, retiring with the intent to retire. How's that? That sounds good. But back to the point, tidy, um, likely successful, although we at West Virginia know to treat head coaching waitings with a bit of skepticism. This seems different. Though. It does seem different, and I, and I think, it seems different because it's organized. It's planned. It, it seems like there's a point to it. There's a reason to it. Um, they like this succession plan. Um, I'll get back to the Randy Maisie uh, retiring part, but the Steve Saban's, uh, you know, succession plan. Uh, I think some people might look at it and go, oh, first time head coach. You know, is that something West Virginia at this point, whatever you want to say that West Virginia is as a program, you know, are they a top 25-ish type program? I think they're, they built that. I think they deserve that discussion. Um, and should a top 25-ish program be hiring a first-time head coach? I have that question. That's fine. I understand that discussion. But I think Sabins has, has earned this by what he's done at West Virginia, you know, coming and joining as an assistant coach back in 2016, taking up the recruiting mantle role like the coordinator uh, and it's different with baseball. It's it, I, I am, I'm going to say, I think it's like more difficult just because of how the scholarships work and how you split them up and how you have to balance egos and the draft and everything else that comes with it. And he has very successfully handled that. So I think he has that kind of uh, manager 
uh, mode in him, that type, th- those type of attributes in him that he could handle being a head coach. And, and and so I think this is a good thing for him to just have a couple years to maybe learn a couple more of the uh, the nuances of being the head man before he takes over. So we, I'm a big fan of the succession plan, even if it is a first-time head coach. Yeah, I think a lot of people who maybe have not followed baseball closely but are West Virginia sports fans might go, oh, man, can't you go out and take this top, whatever, top 25 program on the market and see what happens? And I think some people who are close to the program would say, sure, but you're not going to find a better fit than this. And I get that. I get the, I get both sides. I can get the conviction that a guy like Steve Sabins is indeed the person who has been groomed for this for a number of years. And also, if we can go over his background in a bit, seems like a good fit. But also, like, I can see fans being like, man, I wonder who you could hire here to do something like this. And then the other part about this is, does this indicate any type of pattern for Rem Baker, Josh Eilert, Steve Sabins? I'm not going to fill in the blank here, but like football may have a coaching search. And then are people going to say, oh, they're just going to promote from within? It's totally different. This is a unique situation. As you said, baseball is different. And sometimes familiarity is a great asset to have. And this seemed like one of those situations here. Um, let's go to Maisie. Surprising to you, Chris. This is a guy who just won the Big 12 for the first time in school history. Been here for quite some time now. Has taken this program from Holly Field to record attendance levels at Mon County Ballpark. Seems like he's got this thing pointing in the right direction. They've been successful recently and then more consistently successful in the past few years. But he's also willing to say, I'm I'm ready to gear down and soon detour into a different part of my life. I was I was shocked at first. I think just because part of me is with that feeling of when you have recent success, it's like, hey, you still got it. Why would you step away when you still got it? Um, but then the, the longer I thought about it, one, and I hope, I, I mean, I hope he is listening to this, but I hope he doesn't take this the wrong way. I didn't realize how old Randy Maisie was. Like, I mean, he's not old, old, like not, but I feel like coaching wise, he's been around a long time. He has been coaching since 1990. He was first the head coach back in 1994. I mean, when he, when he was getting his coaching started Clemson. Like, Nolan Ryan was like the best pitcher in you know leading the league in strikeouts. George Brett was the best hitter. Like that that's the kind of that's how long ago we're talking. There's probably people listening to this podcast right now who never even saw those guys play. Um and and Randy Maisie started coaching then 33 years ago. So while I don't think 57, I believe he's 57, 58, somewhere around there is like too terribly old. You know, he'll get to 60, I guess, and retire. Nice round number. Um, but the idea of coaching for 35 years by that point, that's a long time to to be doing anything. So I it makes a little more sense with that when I look at it through that lens. So if he was born in 66 and his first head coaching spot was in 1994, He's like 27 his first year. He's born in May of 66. So a 27-year-old head coach. Is that right? That's wild. That's crazy when you think about it. And he's been coached for a long, long time too. And again, those are those are tough seasons. And and what we can get over his career too. Let's let's go over this. Um, he's been the, the head coach now since 2013. Three regional appearances this past season, historic in, in so many ways. Master school record with 40 wins, highest ranking ever. Great season. Um, 320, 241, 57% of the wins. 
and I don't want to bring up a bad part of his career, but he was the head coach at East Carolina and was very, very successful there. Three seasons there, 120, 66, and, and one, the tie, great, but made three regionals for three years, and then he was gone, suspended, resigned, and then he's at TCU from 2006 to 2012, and you wonder, why is this guy who was like this young, hotshot coach at Charleston Southern, key assistant, Georgia, East Carolina, Tennessee, gets another head coaching gig at East Carolina, which is very different than when he's younger at Charleston Southern. East Carolina's big-time baseball. Um, does really well there. Whatever happens, happens. And he's gone for a long time. And then he's back at West Virginia doing what he probably was supposed to be doing all along, molding pitchers, building a program, winning a lot of games for a place that maybe shouldn't win as much or win as often. And he has a great run here. And again, he'll have a couple more seasons to extend this run. It's not over. But I just like the fact that he got that other chance to tell the story, to finish the story. And, and then the details of what happened in East Carolina vary depending on who you talk to. A lot of people say, listen, I can tell you this. I went to TCU when West Virginia hired Randy Maisie, and I was covering a basketball game or a football game. I can't remember. Um, but it was before the first season with Maisie. And I talked to a lot of the TCU staff, and they all said he got a bad deal there. It wasn't his fault at TCU. At ECU, things could have been better. Maybe he could have done things better, but not a career-altering, tenure-snapping incident there that makes him untouchable, unhirable again. And everybody was really happy and and really optimistic for him and for West Virginia, which always made me think, like, okay, this guy probably has it all together and, and watch out because he's been planning and waiting in the Big 12 for so long. And he might be really good right away here. And indeed, he was. The first couple of years, you know, I think there were maybe six or seven games above 500 and then pretty even, and then took off after that and got to be pretty good. So the fact that he was able to get back on track in his career and then put together I mean kind of hard to think about this now but a guy who played at Clemson and who was a head coach and then an assistant at East Carolina um, an assistant you know at other places I mentioned he's probably going to be recognized as the West Virginia baseball coach in his career not a guy who ended up at West Virginia or who spent some time at West Virginia he's going to be the West Virginia baseball coach whenever it's done for him I think when it's done it's actually done but just as a storyteller I think it's good that he got that that second chance and really did make the most of it too Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I'm with you. We, we talk about with baseball. Um, when you go into the Hall of Fame, they they ask you for for guys who played on multiple teams or had long stints with multiple teams. You know, what's your hat? What's the hat going to be? Um, for I, I brought up Nolan Ryan. You know, he played he played for the Angels. He played for the Rangers. He played for the Mets. And it's like, hey, what's your what's your hat going to be? And some guys will pick a pick a team, their spot. Some guys will you know just do the regular Major League Baseball hat to not 
I don't know, piss off somebody, I guess. But you're right. When it comes to Randy Mazey, despite his history everywhere else, like, I mean, East Carolina, he took them within like a couple runs of going to the College World Series and won 51 games in a season. Um, he turned that Charleston Southern program around from, I mean, they were terrible when he took over and he had them in the uh, NCAA regionals in his final year. Uh, and he's done just as amazing things at West Virginia. And I'm with you. His hat, you know, in this fictitious Hall of Fame here for coaches in, in college baseball, his hat would have a big flying WV on it because I think that's that's where he's had the biggest impact and the longest impact for sure. One more on him that we get to say, but to wrap this up. But what do you put in that Hall of Fame bio as him for legacy stuff? And I don't want to say, you know, top 10 wins or, or season win totals or NCAA appearances. That's statistical stuff. I don't know if there's anecdotal things or stories or just a lore of the program, appeal to the program. And I'll just give you one. And they played his first season. That was their last season of Holly Field. Um, Big 12 is now part of their life. They have Texas in town. It's a good Texas team. And one of the Clemens' kids is pitching for Texas, playing for Texas. He might have had two. I can't remember. But I know specifically that Roger Clemens was there at Holly Field, sitting on a bleacher, eating a hot dog. Roger Clemens, bleachers, watching his kids play college baseball for the University of Texas, right? Because West Virginia had a... American Legion kind of feel, right? Fast forward, and they're selling, you know, record attendance for midweek games on like rainy, snowy days, right? It's crazy that it happened really that quickly. When you look at how long the baseball has been around here, and then, you know, I'm talking like a decade plus now, but still to go from just the visual of a Hall of Fame coach eating a hot dog, or excuse me, a Hall of Fame player eating a hot dog. Is Clemens in the Hall of Fame? He's not, is he? I don't think they voted him in yet. Okay. A, a well-known Hall of Fame level pitcher. How about this? Roger Clemens is eating a hot dog, right? And all of a sudden, you got like nearly 4,000 people on a midweek game in a really picturesque pro baseball level stadium. Um, I'm not saying Randy Maisie did all the lifting there and poured the concrete, but Randy Maisie did a lot of the heavy lifting and poured a lot of the proverbial concrete to make that happen. Um, and, you know, didn't build the stadium, but... He certainly made people come there and watch the team and really like it and, and grow a following. And then again, off the field of stuff he did, and these stories will come out, I'm sure, but really in the community, obviously people are very aware of his family, the story of the son, the role his wife plays at the university. Um, they they have, you know, like alumni and fans of their house for functions. They had um, an NIL, like weekly hangout at a bar in Morgantown, just small grassroots stuff that that really went a long way for the program, but also him, his family, and the role that the team and the staff play in the community. And that's stuff that I wish that people knew more about and, and, and fortunately do get to know about and now celebrate for a little bit longer while he's still the head coach. I'm with you 100% because I think, you know, a lot of times when you think about the coaches, you think about the wins, and he's he's got that. Uh, I'm trying to double, triple check this on the East Carolina side uh, as we're talking here, but I'm fairly certain with that 51 win season at East Carolina. Randy Maisie holds the record at three different schools for the best uh, win or, or win loss record um, in some form at three different schools. Cause Charleston Southern in 96 going 30 and 24 and one, that was, that was their best year ever. According to the numbers I'm looking at on their website. Um, uh, you noted West Virginia going 40 and 20. 
Uh, that 40 wins tied for the most in school history. And I'm pretty sure that East Carolina 51 win team is, is way, way up there. It's not the top. And if you could do that at three different schools, you're not a product of, you, you know, the school or the system or the recruiting. You, you are a good coach, period. And so you have that. But I'm with you. I think people in Morgantown should remember him more for literally building a program. Um, obviously, West Virginia had a baseball team for a long time, and they had had occasionally some good years. But he turned it in from just this, not even like a tertiary sport, but just like a, a fringe fringe team around campus to a legitimate uh, program that that fans and people were excited about. Third sport on campus, and that's why that's why he was here. That's why they invested in baseball. And again, told the story before. I shared this story again, but 2010 or 11, I can't remember exactly when. So so good for me telling the story. I can't even remember the details. But Oliver Luck. Kelly's in. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is there. Scott Jerko, excuse me, Jed Jerko, um, just former major league players that were at West Virginia, some major league people from the Diamondbacks that Ken Kendrick put together. They had a huge think tank, thank, huge think tank um, on campus and said, how do we get baseball right? But also, do we continue playing baseball? And they had a discussion about whether or not they would continue playing baseball at West Virginia. They chose to continue, obviously, and part of the option was, okay, how do you do it? First thing they said was get a coach, and then it wasn't long that after that that Oliver Luck had his eyes on Randy Mason, and here we are so many years later saying, wow, what a what a confluence of events that turned out to be because talk him into playing baseball and then walk away saying you got to have the manager, and they found the manager too. Um, Randy Macy, three-time All-ACC player. Let's go to another good college player. No offense to Steve Saban, probably not quite the player that Randy Macy was, but Steve Saban's new coach, manager, I guess you would call it, has the distinction of playing at four colleges, uh, Angelina State, Daytona State, Oklahoma State, and then Embry and Riddle. He was the conference player of the year at Embry and Riddle. From Austin, Texas, played at Oklahoma State, coached at Oklahoma State, and then, interestingly, Chris, came to West Virginia from Oklahoma State, where he was, air quotes here, just a volunteer assistant. But he's been at West Virginia since 2016, so he was not part of the original Randy Mazie staff. But he's certainly adjusted, acclimated, and impressed. Last two years, associate head coach. Last five years, I believe, recruiting coordinator. Um, a lot of the offense, a lot of the recruiting success goes to him. Again, if they went out and they farmed this, could they find a bigger name? Probably. Could they find a better fit? I don't know about that. And, and ultimately, the, the Mountaineers kind of agree that shouldn't be a, a, a tricky transition for him at all. Yeah, I'm with you on the. I like the air quotes for volunteer assistant because you and I both know that in all sports, um, one, those guys do a lot of work, and two, like some of them do even more work than others, and 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 are are leaned on more than others, um, depending on the program, depending on the situation, um, and, and depending on how how much the coach trusts them. And yeah, obviously, right before that, he was the player development coordinator, so he's been put in part uh, in charge of a lot of important important stuff at two very good big 12 programs um so he and and even before this you know he was he was the chosen one so to speak to be the associate head coach the guy that you know if something were to have happened to Maisie or he would have had to have missed games like Sabins is the guy that they would have turned to for like an interim tag or something um for a couple games so he is the guy that has been kind of the chosen one for the last few years to kind of be this guy. And eventually, apparently, 
we're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, the recruiting success is is really hard to overlook. You're going to have to recruit uniquely here to do it. And I think the fact that he was here and, and as you mentioned, different capacities to come in from the wind and then to figure out how to recruit here, not just aim at stars, which he's able to do, but also people who were from the region who are interested in playing in the climate. Never mind the Big 12. That's that's a skill. And he picked that up pretty quickly. And they've, they've recruited very well. Top 40 classes at West Virginia for baseball. That is, that's nothing to sneeze at. And they've done that pretty consistently. And, and they've produced pros. They've produced all conference players. Um, they've got a pretty good NIL apparatus, obviously, too. So that's been effective. He's got a great foundation to work with. A lot of stuff that came because he was here. Um, the footsteps that Randy Maisie put in front of him, pretty good to follow. Um, seem like they're strong foundation for him right now. Uh, finally, Chris, um, I guess let's just talk about succession in general. Do these things work? And then, and then can they... Can they be uniformly trusted or disliked? It seems to me it's just it's always going to be the ingredients, which in this case is the manager and the incumbent. But it could go wrong, I guess. It could work out perfectly as well. Who knows what happens? Long time still. The idea is it's going to work. I'm sure there's been a lot of discussion about this. Saban's was you know mentioned a couple of times this offseason, past offseasons for head coaching positions. I think Penn State, he was listed as a candidate by Baseball America. Tend to believe them. So here's a guy who could be somewhere else is here or could have pursued opportunity somewhere else is here. I don't think ambition's his problem. He wants to do this. I don't think Randy Maisie giving himself a runway is going to talk himself out of this sometime soon, but who knows, but is it for a long time, we closed the book on coaching transitions and coaching and waiting because we saw the worst possible thing happen here. You don't really see that anymore. Like at Wisconsin or Oregon or West Virginia football, but they're going to give this a shot here. I don't know if it saves the practice in sports in general, but it doesn't seem like a bad idea. Is it just one of those time and a place things, or is this a bad idea that you cross your fingers about, or am I off base even asking about this? I don't think you're off base. As you know, I was going to say, we've seen this before. We've seen how it can go bad. We've seen how it can go bad with, you you know, um, an older head coach ready to, or going to step down, ready to step down in the other case, but, uh, and a young hot shot assistant who, has been linked to a lot of other jobs and has never been, but has never been a head coach. So there's some similarities. There's some parallels there. The The big difference here, I think in my mind is that previous pairing, obviously we're talking about Bill Stewart and Dana Holgerson here was kind of forced upon each other. Like those, like that was not Bill Stewart didn't want to retire and he was forced to take on Holgerson and, and it, it's different. Like this, this is a pairing that they wanted to be together. This is a pairing that I'm assuming that Maisie talked to Sabins about beforehand and said, Hey, I'm getting close. Here's my idea. Are you interested? Which makes this a wildly different situation than that. So there's your story now on a Monday, West Virginia begins, concludes a baseball coaching search also replaces its coach, but manages to keep its coach. That's pretty cool, right? Not a uh, functional story like this that often happens in coaching changes, never mind at West Virginia. So enjoy it while you can. Participate in the Randy Maisie celebration. Check back for more as we find out additional details at earsports.com. Until then, I am Mike Casazza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you next time. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. 
lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.